cans do whatever you want, Fitzroy. Right. I got five brilliant statements here for you to tell me whether it's true or false. Let's just see how this goes. All right, let's get it started. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they'd like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. Oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah! yeah. Hey, guys, welcome to Objectively Incorrect. I'm your boy, Stephen Smith. Um, as usual, I'm here as your host. And I'm joined today with Fitzroy Edinburgh, mm. who telling me he bought his own questions for fact or fiction i don't know how this is gonna oh, work because as far as i know you only got one fact or fiction and i'm it, the one who cheers it no no it's gonna be mine so so guys we're here we're gonna be talking about socialism we're also gonna touch on some capitalist stuff but we're gonna have a conversation here with switchfire he's an incredibly brilliant guy so they say one of the, the smartest guys that i think i've ever met um, you've been a teacher for a few years. Yeah, I lectured at the college for four years. For four years, and then now you're into the Ministry of Technology. Yeah, I'm at the Department of Technology. I run the Innovation and Training Unit. The Innovation and Training Unit. Guys, in order to do his job, he has to be on the ball all the time. You're also the president of Skyniper, right? Yes, yeah. as of um, September. As of September. September. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, was just so two months in? Yep, just two months, and it feels like a lot more than two months. Why? <laughs> so you're going to be like Obama when you have like the gray hair. I think like oh, I after the one term, or the yeah. grays inside. Yeah, I would have the gray here. <laughs> oh my god, dude! All right, so cool. So we're gonna start off the show just like we normally started. We're gonna have three sections. We're gonna have the fact or fiction section, which mm-hmm. we're gonna do first. Then we're gonna get into the meat of the discussion. Guys, he brought notes, but he's saying it's fact or fiction. I don't believe him. But my own fact or fiction questions, man. You have to be on the other end of this thing. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. You can't tell the boss that he has to be the employee today. No, no, no. All right. So, okay. So well, let's start with my fact of fiction, and then maybe, maybe, maybe. if we if the if, if we hear the people outside if, say, hey, if Stephen is brave enough, if Stephen is brave, no, no, I don't like you. You're, you're trying to get to me. Trying uh-huh. to get to me, guys. In your playing games. All right. Let's go. Number one. <laughs> According to this, well, wow, my phone does okay. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. That's not a sign. Let's go to the backup. No, no, no. Let's go. Let's ready, ready. One. According to the Smithsonian, in North Carolina, soil samples to a depth of five inches yielded a calculation that there were approximately 124 million individual insects per acre. I would say that's true. And it's absolutely true. There we go. Yeah, it's true. So you're already batting. You're already batting. You're already batting. You're already batting. Mm. Okay. All right. So number two. Because polar bears blend in so well with their environment, scientists have only been able to determine their exact number in the Arctic based on the use of infrared technology. Mm, I'm bored on saying that's false. You know, you know what this is. I think what happened is that you listen to too much of this show, <laughs> guys. He's listened to. Every, he's done his homework. He's done too much of this show. Yes, it's actually false. Polar bears can insulate themselves so well mm-hmm. that they can't even be seen through an infrared camera. Pretty much. That is, the fur, the fur would be very cold. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it just it shields them. Compl- that is amazing. I find that to be. That is extraordinary. Yeah. All right, number three. So far, he has two of two. Let's see if he's gonna go the full five. <clears throat> All right. The hostess Twinkie is known as the, an immortal food item because it has an ability to retain its texture and taste 
for up to six years once it stays in its original packaging. That is true. And that's false. <laughs> what? It's false. It's not I, true. I, I, like I, any I, food that includes moisture, they start to break down fairly quickly, even when they are in their packaging. So what do you say of McDonald's burgers? I've seen persons put that McDonald's burger on a fireplace or on a, a shelf and for stays, a very long while and it stays just as it is. Is it the burger or the fries? I think it's just the fact that it's not food. Yeah, it's not food. I, I think it's the fries. The fries hold up longer than the burger. Mm. The fries. I saw that test. Um, what, what was it? It Was it Super Size Me? There I was a documentary. I'm not sure of the documentary itself, but I do remember seeing a video of someone keeping track of... Uh-huh. And there was there was one where someone found a McDonald's burger in their jacket a couple of years after they had bought it. Wow. Yeah. And it was still intact? Yeah. Pretty much? Yeah, pretty much. That's crazy. And we're putting this thing in the stomach. Yeah. Yo, we gotta be so careful, right? Come off the fast food. Come off the fast food as much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Come onto food that actually breaks down. Mm-hmm. The faster it breaks down, probably the better it is for you. Yeah. Because it's gonna break down inside you, right? But Twinkies, Twinkies have an optimal eat that well. Twinkies are less than optimal to eat after about 25 days on the shelf. Okay. I think we usually eat the less optimal Twinkies. If you eat Twinkies, uh-huh. I'm not a fan. No, I just stay away from those things. I mean too. All right. Number four. So we're batting two of three. You almost win the game. Two of the three. Two of the three. almost win the game. All right. The biggest employer in the world is the U.S. Department of Defense. True or false? That is true. Dude, how do you know this? Because the amount of... First of all, they take so much of the U.S. budget. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a large percentage of U.S. budget. In fact, I was reading an article, I think the same t- day you came to the, um, the center, mm-hmm. what would NASA do with the U.S. Department of Defense budget? Budget. It's uh-huh. an interesting and question. It's like the things they could have done, could have already done with that mo- amount of money. Plus, the Department of Defense gets more money mm-hmm. than about 23 other countries Department departments of defense, of defense yeah that's true that's true that's true i would say they are one of the biggest employees they are. employers and you know how much they have actually 3.2 million workers full-time yep and that's not like that's not like the reserves or anything that's just mm-hmm. full-time every single day mm-hmm. five days a week workers yep. amazing they said the next largest is the people's liberation army of china mm-hmm. with 2.3 million employees right in comparison, as of 2017, Apple employed just about 123,000 people. Yep, full pretty time. much. Yo, and Apple is making, is that trillion dollars now? Well, they are worth just under a trillion. I yeah. think they, they went up, they went down. But that's just market capitalization. So it depends on how much somebody is willing to buy a share for. Yeah, true. Versus actually how much the value of the thing is. Right. We get, we, I think we get like sidetracked a lot when, when we talk about like the value of these companies mm-hmm. because it's not necessarily that the value has to do with any real inherent thing or the products or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just how much would somebody buy this for? Right. You know, like what do they believe it's worth? Exactly. But we just believe in a lot of facts. So anyway, let's just move on. All right. So, so that's his, what's the score again? The score is now three or four. You've already won the game, but let's go. Let's see if you're going to get four. <laughs> All right. Number five. Uh-huh. According to the University of Harvard, shaving makes hair grow back thicker. Hmm. True or false? Hmm. I would say that's false. And it's false. Oh, it's false. It's all perception. They say when you cut your hair, mm-hmm. like it tapers off at the end. Mm-hmm. So it tends to look thinner mm-hmm. when it's fully grown than when you first cut it. Because when right. it first comes out, there's no tapering. It's just, it looks more bushy. 
Yeah. So, I think my friend, that's four or five. Wonderful. That's 80%, right? That's, that's 80%. <laughs> You're in like the, the inner circle. People usually <laughs> lose this game. Not really. I, I find th- people win more often than not. I think the last question gave me a bit of a handicap and kind of baby face. I don't know about shaving and so on. You don't know about shaving? No, I, I usually get my barber to just cut my um, mustache and my what's supposed to be a beard. Just a bunch of years. A like bunch I'm, of little twinkies. Yeah. yeah. The other day, my girl told me, like, just, just let, let this side grow and see if you could get a full. And like, of course, it failed, right? <laughs> and I, I went to the barber and said, okay, what you could do is you could just cut it to make it look like one of those goatees. Just uh-huh. try to make it look goatee-ish, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, are you sure? Okay, he's from, he's from um, Santa, not Santa Domingo, the Dominican Republic. Uh-huh. And he just make this, the thinnest line, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, he could have just, he could have just cut it off. I said, but I was trying to do something. Trying to feel a little <laughs> bit more manly. Nothing for me. All right, you know what? Let's yeah, entertain you. Hit me yeah, with your right. questions. Let's see. Like you right. Guys, right. guys, the host is going to be on. And I hope this is not a trend that's going to be started. So yes. our future guests. Trend so once. In. This is a once thing. Once. It's an exclusive. Hit me if it's right. Once in a week. Once per week. Okay, so our five statements here. You have to tell me whether they are true or false. Or false. All right. So guys, he's, he's, already, he's already hosting the program. He's already talking the rules. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, so... First statement. Should I start with hard or easy? Man, start, you could go hard <laughs> easy. It doesn't matter. Let's do it. Okay, so. I'm ready. First statement. St. Kitts Nevis first defaulted on its debt in 2004. Mm. You want me to repeat it? No, I think. True or false? False. Mm, okay, there you go. I, I would think that we don't default on that debt long term. <laughs> you are correct. Um, mm. When first, was it? Then? The first time we defaulted was in 1992, and we defaulted every year between 92 to 95 wow. and 98 to 2013. So we only, what? <laughs> well, when you default on debt, it just means that you probably didn't pay a uh-huh. payment. So oh, you, you missed a payment? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so bad. maybe you might have missed one. Yeah. Uh, all. True. <laughs> and that comes from bankunderground.co.uk. That's a blog run by the Bank of England, which is the, which is the UK central bank. Okay. Okay, I'm batting, guys. I'm one-on-one. On right, one. So you, you, you're one-on-one. All right, next, go, next question. Next statement is, only female mosquitoes drink blood. Yes, only? that's true. Okay. That's true, yeah. Because right the, male, the males, I think the males, they, they consume nectar. The females only need blood to, to, for the eggs. Right, yeah. to feed the young. Okay, so that's two out of two. Yeah. I, I, I know a lot of random crap. That's random, <laughs> random. Okay, so next one. The continent of Africa is large enough to fit the contiguous United States, China, India, Eastern Europe, and Western Europe combined. Yes, okay. that's true. That's true. Africa okay. is running. Wait, wait, wait. The only thing, yeah, it's huge. It's humongous. Yeah, yeah. it's very big. It's twice the size of Russia, which means that Russia is very big itself. But exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what they do to the map? Mm-hmm. The they map. They distort the map mm-hmm. to make like the, 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 the northern nations look more... Mm-hmm. More powerful, but Africa is humongous. Right. All right, so number four, let's see if we can... No, don't give me that pressure. Don't give me that pressure, man. Come on, Fitzroy. (laughs) Don't do this. Don't do this. (laughs) Let's go. Let's see if you can get this one. The island of Guadeloupe actually consists of two islands of different geographies. The island of Guadeloupe consists of two islands with different geographies. 
Yeah, because Guadeloupe has a there's a split in the middle. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, that's, right, true. that's true. Yeah. There's Bastia is what is not even in the middle, is well, it? No, Bastia is one of the islands. Bastia is the one that's flat, just like here. <laughs> so Bastia means lowland in, in French. But isn't that the capital? No, Bastia is an island of Guadeloupe. Of Guadeloupe, okay. Right, so it's it consists of two islands. The two different geographies are one is volcanic, mm-hmm. so it will be mountainous and hilly. The next one is made of limestone like Antigua and Barbados. So mm-hmm. it will be flat. Flat, yeah. So if you look at the chain of islands, it's actually two chains. Uh-huh. Um, two chains. Two chains running from south to north where you have Barbados. I think Tobago, Barbados, half of Guadeloupe and mm-hmm. Antigua and Barbuda would be limestone. Yeah. Mostly limestone. And then you would have the inner chain, which would be the rest of us in mm-hmm. the Eastern Caribbean being volcanic. Volcanic. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense because then we would, we would be on the fault line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Between the Atlantic Ocean and the Caribbean Sea, there's a fault line that runs right. down the archipelago. So the Atlantic plate slips under the Caribbean plate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So you're four out of four. No, batting don't, don't well, give me that. Don't, well, don't, don't well. want to know. Don't want to know, man. Last over. Last, last over. Last. Let's see, let's see what happens. Just, you just need to knock a six. <laughs> don't, don't do this. Don't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm a West Indian. You know, we don't mess up on the last one all the time. <laughs> Every time he's like, just knock the ball hard. It's like, oh, okay, we out. <laughs> let's see what happens. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Um, this one, we're coming back to St. Nevis now. Mm-hmm. St. Nevis is the only English speaking Caribbean country with 14 parishes. We don't have. St. Nevis is the only. with 14 parishes? Mm-hmm. We have nine on St. Kitts. Yeah, nine on St. Kitts, five on Nevis. Hmm. Is that true? You tell this me. is including Jamaica? I can't ask no questions now. That's not, that's not part of the rules I have in the show. Um, I would say yes. I would say true. That's false. It's false? That's false. Oh, man. <laughs> you see, Jamaica it, actually has 14 parishes. That's, you see, and that's the thing I ask because I like, <laughs> Jamaica ain't got one bag. Jamaica ain't got a bag of parishes. 14 parishes, three counties. Yeah, Jamaica yep. got a bag of counties. Anyway, what's, okay. what's interesting, we also have another similarity between um, St. Nevis and Jamaica. That's you know, right. in Nevis, there was Jamestown, which sunk below the waters yeah. in an earthquake. Mm-hmm. There's also Port Royal, just half of Kingston. That, that Kingston, did the same sorry. thing? Yeah, there was an earthquake and it sunk below the waves. Wow. Well, I guess we got more in common with Jamaicans than I thought. Yep. Uh, that's it. That's it, guys. Well, I did four. <laughs> Me and Fitzroy are basically the same. Four and five. <laughs> Very interesting nice. questions, by the way. Very interesting mm-hmm. questions. You know, that's the one thing I love, like, like random world facts. And, like, mm-hmm. I, th- I find YouTube to be such a resource where you could just kind of go and kind of get lost. Yep. Just yep. get lost in information. Just get lost with all of these. Like, it's yes. just a lot of different things. Like, where did beer come from? What's a butt of wine? Uh-huh. Like, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like, it's conversation starter stuff. Anyway, but, guys, we're here and we're going to talk about socialism. Mm-hmm. And, bye. I tell you, um... What is his name again? The guy who always, he, he, he argues, well, it's Bernie Sanders who argues for like a hybrid version of, of, of socialism and democracy. Well, what he argues for is um, social democracy. Social democracy. He calls himself a, democrat, a, de, a, soci- a democratic socialist. socialist. Yes, he does. That's an incorrect term, right? So mm-hmm. when it comes to socialism, you have, you have two different camps, basically. Mm-hmm. You have the social democracies, Mm-hmm. which are places like Sweden, Germany, um, where you have... The power to elect? Yeah, you have a democracy 
you have democracy mm-hmm. with capitalism, a capitalist economy, and you also have the government providing a social safety net mm. for the lower echelon of people. True. So social, I'm trying, I'm trying my best not to mix up these terms. Two terms, yeah. So social democracy is about basically creating a minimum um, standard of living for everybody. Everybody. Right? Mm-hmm. So, but most persons focus on the redistribution of wealth. But where is that? Where is it? Where is it that we, because the thing is, I think, like Marketing. the US, Marketing. of course, the US, but why did they do that? That's my question to you. Why did, why did the US um, start marketing socialism as, as evil? Because I think, I think that's an adequate term. Because, because they were basically trying, to, trying their best not to get countries aligned with the USSR. And if you have similar ideologies, then chances are you're going to align yourself with countries that have your ideologies, right? So really and truly, socialism is practiced in the U.S., has been practiced by the government where they built the highways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not practiced to the same extent as you might find in Canada True. or the U.K. or Northern, U- Northern Europe. But where you have government owning resources, mm-hmm. that is a tenet of socialism, mm-hmm. where you recognize that there are certain things that only government can do. True. So putting a man on the moon is a... Government task. Yeah, it's a, it's until a social SpaceX, policy. Until SpaceX. Right. So there's social democracy, and I try to remember this because... I try to remember the order because mm-hmm. social comes first, right? People True. comes first. That's the one you want. Mm-hmm. Democratic socialism, on the other hand, is where you achieve, you turn your country into a socialist country through democratic means. So as opposed to a violent uh, revolution Mm -hmm. to turn your country into a socialist country, you use democratic means. So you have a socialist party Mm -hmm. that seeks to win government and seeks to turn its country into a socialist country through the laws. But Um, then would that that be sort of totalitarian? Like, is it that... If you have a, demat- a democ- democratic socialist program, mm-hmm. or de- a democratic socialist party, are they trying to deride democracy? That's mm-hmm. what you're saying? Or is it that you're saying that they're trying to incorporate socialism into democracy? I just want to make it clear. Well, they're, they're trying to use, I'm going to give you an example in a minute. They're trying mm-hmm. to use democracy to introduce socialism. So think of someone like Hitler. Hitler was democratically mm-hmm. elected to be basically the prime minister of Germany. Mm-hmm. Right? So he didn't start a revolution to become prime minister. Of course, that was his plan, but he didn't get slammed into prison. Of course. Afterwards, he got released, and then he was democratically elected, became prime minister, and then the chancellor, over time, gave him more and more, more powers. powers. Mm-hmm. The, there was a parliament in Nazi Germany. Yes. So there was some levels of democracy. It's just that what other ideologies are you bringing along to make persons feel that they are superior to others, to make persons feel that they are somehow superhuman. And they're threatened by the rest of the world. Yeah. But the thing is, like, even with Hitler, Hitler was interesting because I think um, he, again, he wasn't elected, but he wasn't elected at first. He got in. Mm-hmm. The chancellor eventually gave him more and more and more powers. Mm-hmm. And then he used, because he was in Nazi Germany at the time. No. Nazi, Nazi was, was a party. Nazi party yeah. yeah, he was he was the head of the Nazi mm-hmm. party. Um, and he had, I mean, he, he did use his influence to kind of push that country deeper and deeper into socialism. So he, before you know it, he became more or less a communist. Um, no, not communist. Well. Different. Not national socialist. Yeah, national socialist. Sorry. We have to be careful of terms for sure because communism is a, is a completely different right. um, facet. But um, he became that sort of totalitarian. He had that kind of totalitarian, totalitarian yeah. power. Using 
democratic exactly. legal means to basically become a one-party state. Exactly, and exactly. And weed out all the other competition. competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it that you're saying, so, so, so somebody like Bernie Sanders, what are, we, what are we calling him again? Are we calling him a democratic socialist or are we no. calling him a socialist democrat? He, he's a social democrat. Okay, democrat. he's a social democrat. But he calls himself a democratic socialist. He has the terms mixed up. Okay, he has to because the democratic socialist is reverting democracy into socialism through democracy. Yeah. Which, what is wrong with rampant socialism? What is, what are the, <laughs> and, and, and I say rampant, and, and I don't mean to make it sound evil because uh-huh. by all means, um, places like China still function um, like that. It's China, communist, yeah, communist, socialism. But they, they have a socialist element to the communism. It's, it's some different, it's a different name. Yeah, you, have, you, have, you, have, you have a spectrum. You yeah. have what, when most persons think of capitalism, they think of you're able to own property. Mm-hmm. You're able to own, start your own businesses. And this is what... With minimal yeah. government in, right. intervention. So this is what um, democracy is about, Right in terms of an economic perspective. Mm-hmm. Socialism is also about that, but it's also about government providing some sort of social safety net, such as... For the lower class, especially. Right? So mm-hmm. you, have, you, have, you have things like universal health care. Mm-hmm. You have free education being provided by government. So that those are tenets of, social, of um, socialism mm-hmm. and social democracy. We can even see those things in our country today of course so of course. your your government provides certain infrastructure so mm-hmm. that everybody has has access to certain things mm-hmm. is able to be on a certain level so that you can then go as far as you want to true but the democracy and socialism can coexist what you find in china is a communist country mm-hmm. which is um a one-party state you find that in cuba as well where persons cannot own private property in Cuba for sure, mm-hmm. but they, they themselves are making some reforms just mm-hmm. as China did, <clears throat> just as China has done. And after China would have made those reforms to become slightly more capitalist, mm-hmm. then you see the boom. Yeah, because that's what I think that's what they're moving into now. Right now, I think China is the only, correct me if I'm wrong, China is the only place that is moving from, um, or moving into a middle income society in terms of. They're trying to get a lot of the lower income. People are moving into the middle income, whereas mm-hmm. with the rest of the world, people are moving out of middle income. The the middle the middle what do they call that? The middle income bracket is uh-huh. is, is being eroded destroyed. and destroyed. It's either you're gonna be rich or you're gonna be poor. That's the that's the general perspective of, of most, especially the Western world. Uh-huh. Um, you find that the richer the richer one percent is getting richer, while mm-hmm. the Poor or ninety something. Poor poor. It's just getting poor and poor and poor. So they're falling deeper and deeper and deeper into debt. Uh, if you want to call it debt, uh, I think that it's different. But still, mm. so I'm not but so sure if that's 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 because of the capitalist sort of reforms that they've already put into place in China. Well, the thing about the thing about China is that what's happening, what has been happening there since the early 2000s and perhaps even since the 1970s, mm. is what would have happened with the the Asian tigers, such as. You have South Korea, you have Taiwan, ironically, you have um, Indonesia and so on. These Asian tigers that would have seen the economies boom to go from mostly agrarian or agricultural economies to service-oriented and, and manufacturing mm-hmm. with actually creating things. That's what you see happening in China. The thing about 
China doing its, the Chinese government doing its best to get more and more of its people out of poverty yeah. is the fact that they want to avoid a populist revolution. Mm. They want mm. to avoid an uprising, basically, because to be honest, as far as most persons are concerned, as long as you're able to eat and sleep and, and, and your government is providing the services it should, they don't really care whether it's a one-party or two-party yeah, or ten-party government. They right? don't. They don't. Well, that's evident because the last, the last, I think, the last, it's not really an election, but the last thing I think they passed is that this, this, this guy who is in power now in China, Xi he's going to have... Jinping. Jinping, yes, him. Mm-hmm. He's going to have powers now that don't span terms. Like, mm-hmm. he could almost function indefinitely. And mm. it was voted upon, I think it was a 302, it's 302 votes. Mm. And he got like 300 votes. Two people voted against him, something mm. like that. I might be wrong on the numbers, but I know for sure two people, I think, voted against that. That's so it was an overwhelming majority. And somebody was, was saying the reason for that is because things are going so well for China. Mm. Like, they, as you said, they don't care if it's democracy or anything. All they care about is that the country seems to be growing in a, mm. in a, in a, in a, in a quantifiable way. Right. People could see it in their pockets. They could feel it when they go to... They feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know. Man, if, I don't know if I agree with because I feel like whenever you have a, a system where somebody has ultimate power, mm-hmm. like, it's just ultimate sort of corruption that follows yeah, un- suit. Unchecked power. Unchecked, especially, mm-hmm. especially unchecked power. Like power just corrupts absolutely. Like the more power you give somebody, the more they realize there's very little, you know, reward they have to pay for the for destroy destroying anything. There's right. no there's no punishment for the crime. If there's a crime. Pretty much. And and, and that's going unchecked. Mm-hmm. That's something that I don't feel like the Western world ever talks about because we benefit so much from China that we don't really say anything. Well, you you find Again, lots of these things, when you talk about politics, economics, they happen on, the, uh, on a spectrum. You'll find that in, in the UK, for example, there are no terms. There are no terms on prime minister. You can be prime minister for one term, two terms, ten terms. Oh, as yes. long as you keep getting re-elected, mm-hmm. you, you continue being prime minister. That's true. What do you feel about that? I mean, sorry, to, to, but what do you feel about that system of you could just run and run and run and run and run until you die? I think you should have term limits. You should have term limits. I'm, I'm not even comfortable with having judges on your highest court who basically are there for life. Mm-hmm. You know, I get a bit uncomfortable with that because it's like, um, so if they live till they're 80 or 90 or whatever age and they, they're in their own mindset become outdated or they're in their own mindset become corrupt mm-hmm. because they do have some level of power. But it says of the verdict. Right. They may say, well, Nobody can take me out of my job unless I die or resign. So, why should I? You see, and that's the thing that gets me with it, with the human with human philosophy and human mm-hmm. mentality is that if there's nothing that you you don't have to pay anything. For example, mm-hmm. if I could do wrong and there's no punishment, mm-hmm. then why do right? Like if yeah. I could make money without growing, then why grow? Why expend the energy to be better mm-hmm. when? At the end of the day, I'll get just the same if I just do bad, or maybe more. Mm-hmm. If I do bad, it's almost like looking at. Um, I don't want to make a microcosm of of, mm-hmm. of Africa, mm-hmm. but a lot of African leaders suffer from that same problem. Mm-hmm. They have unchecked power, and the corruption just just meets in like in droves. Mm-hmm. There's unchecked power. They don't they don't make any like lasting improvements on anything because why should they? You know, right. what's, the, what's the reason? Not going to get voted out because they have power. They have the army. Right. So what most, what most countries that have 
leaders with unchecked power are basically outwardly corrupt leaders. Mm-hmm. They lack institutions to um, keep a check on the government. That's true. So they lack... And these institu- institutions are built up over time. Mm-hmm. Or you would have to build them up through a very strong legal um, framework, framework. Mm-hmm. such as an independence constitution. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that what you see in most places around the world is an effect of colonialism. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to say that you basically you basically had a big break in the history of a country from we're running our country or we're running our society the way we see fit. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, here's a bunch of fellas coming from overseas who they say they want to run our country and they have arms and the, the, yeah, they have the, the power. means. They have the means to Conquers. rule over us, basically. Mm-hmm. And they exploit us for a bunch of years and then afterwards we are left with a constitution that is um, inadequate and that just keeps us fighting against each other. True. And right. culturally inappropriate in most cases. Right. Mm. And then you still have to live with that when they're gone. Pretty much. Uh, because, uh, you know, I'm going to criticize saying this for this one thing. I, 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 I criticize our constitution because, yes, we do make amendments and so on. But mm-hmm. I, I, whenever you see somebody borrow something, like we are borrowing, we borrowed the constitution generally from, from Britain. Yeah. We looked at their constitution. They ruled over us for, I mean, they ruled over us. They ruled this country from since there was a colonial presence in this country, right? right? Um, 1624. 1624, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that point till this point, I mean, the, the rule is still in place. We still have a governor general that reports directly to the queen. Mm-hmm. Like, I always question, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not unpatriotic, I love my country, mm-hmm. but I always question this, like, we are asking the queen to still watch over us, but we are independent. You know? Well, we have to look at the... um. <laughs> You have to look at the the queen. You you don't have the governor general isn't a representative of the queen of England. He's mm-hmm. a representative of the queen of Saint Kitts Nevis. The queen of Saint Kitts Nevis. Yeah. Who is she? Legally, she is Elizabeth II. Her ears and successors and etc. etc. Oh um, man, in, perpet- in perpetuity. Basically, until we just decide to just bring some big stone and, and bottle, or go in Parliament and change that. Wait, I, but I prefer, why haven't I we? The latter. Well, haven't we done that yet? Why? Why is it that we still? Is it? Is it like a? Is it a political thing? When I say political, mm-hmm. not necessarily Pam Labour unity, whatever. Mm-hmm. That not those. I'm talking about politics. Politics in terms of priorities and so on. Not just priorities, but international politics. Like oh. if mm-hmm. we don't upset those powers, then at least we have one less fight to fight. Is it? Do you think it's more that? No, I don't think so. I think it's just a matter of priorities. You know, um, getting. Getting rid of a ceremonial governor general and replacing him or her with a ceremonial president is not really top of the priority for any any party or any government that will come into power here in Saint Nevis. It's been done in Dominica and Trinidad and Tobago and Guyana. Mm-hmm. It's also been done in other Commonwealth um, territories. You swap out your governor general for a president. Sometimes it's, it's an executive president that mm-hmm. actually has power. Wow, that's... that's right? So it's not just ceremonial, it's, right. it's real. But, it, but it, the, the catch is that you have to recognize the fact that the, the, the queen of the UK is the head of the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Right? So you still have to recognize that even with your president. Right. So within your country, in terms of your country internally and externally, mm-hmm. your president is the head of state. But in terms of relating to the Commonwealth, you have to recognize that the Queen is the head of the Commonwealth. Mm. 
that's and that's something they voted on recently for well not for the queen to be the head of the commonwealth but for her whoever takes over after her to continue to be the head of the commonwealth and i think it just shows basically for me it just shows that we are telling them oh you're still better than us yes exactly exactly because i'm over here like why, why? Can't, why can't you just rotate the head of the commonwealth the yes. of the commonwealth you have the president you have the president of um of india you have um, South Africa, you have other countries who have, have presidencies that Why have heads not? of state that are separate to the Queen of England. You can rotate the um, the head of the com- the headship of the Commonwealth to these different these different these different powers. Yeah. But the thing is, what I'm saying is, and and this is something that has been on my mind for a very long time. I think that the Commonwealth is a guise for the Queen to still own lands and still have power over her previous territories. It's not like is the independence of different nations to me. Is just lexical. It's just it's just a nice way to say you're. We're not gonna give you any money anymore. You're gonna have to deal with your own budget. We're not gonna subsidize anything or whatever. Yeah, you didn't need any But in terms of your general direction, you're gonna still have to come to me. Like you're not gonna just be out here on your own making your own decisions and mm-hmm. linking up with anybody that you feel you link up with because that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna keep a check on you, and that's where I think. I'm sorry, that's where I think the Commonwealth is. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I think the camaraderie between the Commonwealth <laughs> is great. Like I uh-huh. think the fact that we have a League of Nations that functions the way that it does, uh-huh. camaraderie is good. But I don't think like I don't think the the way that it's set up is for that camaraderie. I think it's for checking the balance. Yeah, it's for a reminder that hey, you, we we used to you used to belong to me. Yeah, like don't forget. Yeah, like when you leave your husband or your wife, you still have to, you know, you gotta check in, like mommy dearest, you know, Basically. you gotta check in with me. Don't think you're gonna just leave the country whenever you want to. Like I have to say yes or no. And I think I think the Commonwealth can be much more than what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful for the Commonwealth. Speaking as a, a Commonwealth scholar, I'm thankful there you go. For, you got money. There, <laughs> you, you got an education. I think that's. What I'm thankful for being able to meet persons from different places around the world learn about their cultures, learn about them as individuals. Thankful for that. I think the Commonwealth, within the Commonwealth, we need to be able to see each other as on an equal footing, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, we somehow pay some sort of subservience to the to the to um, to England, mm-hmm. whether it's cultural subservience or economic subservience. That I don't subscribe to. True. But then, I mean, do you think like the Commonwealth as a body could stand on its own economically with the rest of the world? Like, for example, if we had to pool our resources together and say, okay, we're going to represent ourselves like, almost like... Um, British Empire Like the two. British, like, not really the British Empire, <laughs> but like, um, what do they call it? The, the, the European bloc. Oh, almost you mean like, a, uh, an economic union? Yeah, like, an, the, the, mm. like the, the Euro, like, you know, like the, the, the European Eastern, Union. Or the Eastern Caribbean Economic Union. Well, the Eastern Caribbean Economic Union. And by all oh. means, yes, great. Super, but I'm talking about the, the the larger set because in terms of in terms of okay, uh-huh. and I don't want to I don't want to disenfranchise or I don't want to um, minimize uh-huh. the importance of such unions. Mm. But the question I'm asking you is if the Commonwealth came together as a block and said, mm. okay, look, we are gonna stand together as the, the Commonwealth nations. This is this is what we are. Mm-hmm. Do you think that their economic power could compete or be on the same level as all other unions, the European Union, America as a direct um, China. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think those nations could come together? If we come together, would they be at, at the same? Could they stand in in, in the same well, line? No, you wouldn't be on the same economic level because you have many small players within the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Um, the UK itself is a small. It's not a small player in the EU, but compared to the US, for example, and the sure. UK would be either the biggest or the second biggest economy in the Commonwealth. I'm mm-hmm. um, looking at India and thinking India is a bit bigger than the I think UK, so mm-hmm. maybe bigger. Um, South Africa. So the, the three biggest ones would be India, South Africa, and the UK. Mm-hmm. But in terms of on a world scale, no, you, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to be able to be the size of the European Union or the US. The European Union, by the way, is bigger than, is, is on parity with the US in terms of economic size. Mm-hmm. When you look at them as a single block, like all nations coming together, right. and they, they've been getting, they're doing better and better and better. Together is, together is better. European Union? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, with even with Brexit and so on, on uh-huh. the floor now, the, the other day they laughed out. They laughed out. Um, the Prime Minister of Britain, they, they laughed out. Not out of Parliament, but they did laugh at her during when she was making her presentation about mm-hmm. how we could ease into Brexit. And everybody just laughed because it's, it's absolutely nonsense. You're either exiting or you're not exiting. Like, it's really, you're, you're trying to transition nicely. What is this nice transition? You're getting a nice transition. Everybody knows you're uh-huh. leaving. Like the European Union already done, you know. Well, the thing about leaving is that the UK has some unique issues when it comes to leaving the European Union. That's, be- that's, that's because of its history with, the hit- mostly because of the history between Northern Ireland and Ireland. Mm-hmm. So even without the EU, there's an agreement, it's called the Good Friday Agreement in the UK, between, well, between the UK and the Republic of Ireland. Mm-hmm saying that there should be no hard border between Northern Ireland and Ireland. Oh. Right? Uh-huh. So basically you, you want to keep the island, uh-huh. <laughs> keep the island united in terms of, because they're the same culturally, but they had some issues in terms of Protestants versus Catholics. Yeah. There was some terrorism, there was some, that was going on I think in the early, early in the 90s or yeah. the 80s. Right? Mm-hmm. So they had that conflict to deal with. They solved it by having a Good Friday Agreement. Mm-hmm. Part of the Good Friday Agreement is that there's no hard border between Northern Ireland, which is mm-hmm. part of the UK, mm-hmm. and the Republic of Ireland, which is an independent country separate from the UK. True. Right? So you can pass from Freely. Northern Ireland to Ireland. Freely. Mm-hmm. And persons do that for work, for school, for all kind of things. Right? So with Brexit, you'd create what? That, that, that hard border now is you established? You want to avoid creating a hard border, which is why there's a unique, this creates a unique... If France decided to leave the European Union, mm-hmm. then that's it. They go back to what they were before. Mm-hmm. But because of the issue between the issues between Northern Ireland and Ireland, these people are one people and they want to be continue to be one people, even though they, they live and exist in two different, two different countries. Places, yeah. so, Geographically. So in order for you for the UK to leave, part of the deal was that you have to you have to keep the soft border, mm-hmm. keep the free movement between Northern Ireland and Ireland, right. mm-hmm. which is basically keeping the free movement between Northern Ireland and the EU, since mm-hmm. the Republic of Ireland is part of the of EU. The EU. Mm-hmm. But then you have to have certain checks between those two. Britain, mm-hmm. which is the island of Britain, where England is, England, mm-hmm. Scotland, and Wales, mm-hmm. and Northern Ireland. True. So it's as if you have an internal border within the UK. Within the UK. That's part of the... Because the, it's the, not part of the EU anymore, so you, mm-hmm. you basically separate them with that landmass. So that's interesting. That's, it, that's part of the deal, and that's a deal that persons in Ireland... You, you understand, of somebody course. tell you, we're cutting off 
Nevis. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. cutting off Sandy Point. So you, <laughs> you know, they don't have any cutter. Um, you're cutting off Sandy Point, so you're going to have to pay. Um, it's like you're leaving the country to go to another country. Right. If you're you, gonna have go to to some, you have to have some documents, sort of customs, you have to have your, yeah, customs, and so on. You'd so. have to have a customer post deal. You'd have to have your visa ready, your passport, whenever you go to Sandy Point. Well, it doesn't go to that extent. It's more like customs in terms of goods and trades and services oh, and so which on. Which is going to slow up the, the border movement right. significantly. So imagine within your country, you have to go through customs checks to get from one point to the next. It's like you're dividing your own country just to leave the European Union. Yeah, which that's Mexico and news. Which is what um which is something the EU basically wants to teach the UK a lesson mm-hmm. so that other countries wouldn't leave. Okay. Right? A bunch of countries have left. Um from I think it was either Norway or Sweden would have left the EU. Mm-hmm. And they have a special arrangement with the EU. Still. Right. Um because there's some benefits of being a part of a Europe uh, an of economic course. union. Of course. Uh coming home to here in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. You are able to travel to Trinidad and, and exactly. You're yes, so able to travel to anywhere in the OECS freely. without a passport. Yeah, you even, don't have to have a even work permit. Ways you're able to stay here for six months. No, 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 no. You're talking about CARICOM. Right? Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah. so you have the OECS Economic Union. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't need a, a passport. You just need ID. You need to know who you are. Customs checks and so on. Mm-hmm. You just need an, an ID to travel to St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Grenada, Dominica, anywhere in the OECS. Mm-hmm. You don't need a work, vi- a work permit, right? Mm-hmm. So you are a resident. As an OECS citizen, you are a resident everywhere in the everywhere. OECS. Yeah. When it comes to CARICOM, there's, um, you have less freedoms, but you do have some f- more freedoms than what you will find in a country outside Car- CARICOM. Yeah, CARICOM, yeah. So you can travel to CARICOM we basically have the same looking passport, right? Mm-hmm. You can travel to CARICOM, have to have your passport. You can begin to work there with a CARICOM skill certificate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? If you have a CARICOM skill certificate, it's basically a, a permanent work visa that you have mm-hmm. for the whole of CARICOM. Yeah. Right? To work in a specific field or a specific... Right. So, interesting thing, and hopefully there are some college students listening to your program. Mm-hmm. If, you have, <clears throat> if you have an associate degree, you can get a CARICOM skill certificate. Isn't it, isn't it, wait, I went to a, a workshop lately mm-hmm. and what the lady was saying is that if you have a degree, mm-hmm. I think it's beyond associate, so you'd have to have a bachelor, so you have to have mm-hmm. some more, more of a specialization. Nope. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but you can, you don't have to get a skill certificate. Mm-hmm. That's what she was saying, is that you, you could work in almost any field in mm-hmm. the Caribbean mm-hmm. um, for any expense, because they're, they're going to recognize you as um, well, not a citizen, but a, a citizen of, of, of the OECS. You're mm-hmm. going to be part under that umbrella. So mm-hmm. you could go, you could work in Barbados, mm-hmm. you know, indefinitely, if you want, in almost any field mm-hmm. without a skill certificate. But if you don't have a degree, you would need a skill certificate in order to work in those places. And you could only work under the section that you applied for in the skill certificate. So if you're a plumber, you could only be a plumber. If you mm-hmm. do anything else, then you would need a, a what do I call that? A, you would need uh, work, a, work, work a work permit. Well, I'm not familiar with what the rules are now, but when I played for the uh, CARICOM skills certificate, there mm-hmm. were certain sections which would include artists and artisans and mm-hmm. persons with skills and it would also cultural skills as well. So if you're a dancer or an athlete mm-hmm. and there was a section for persons with associate, associate degrees, mm-hmm. where I think it was, I don't, don't remember if it was specifically CAPE associate degrees, mm-hmm. but I remember applying, I had just finished my bachelor's, but I applied with my associates right 
And I got through, I applied to the accreditation council in Barbados. Mm -hmm. And I got through, I think it was the following year. When this, when was this? This was 2012. Yeah, I think they've, they've changed it. They've changed it recently. Okay. Whereas they, they've eliminated, um, if you have, if you have, I think it's a bachelor's degree, mm -hmm. um, you can, at least that, Mm -hmm. You can work in almost any field now without a skill certificate. Once you okay. present that you have that degree, they allow you to work in the in, in almost any field. Okay. Um, so I mean, I guess I guess leaps and bounds, like small things, maybe small things, not uh -huh. leaps and bounds, but small things are happening. But the thing is, um, sorry, I know I know you you you've criticized me. You said usually on this show we tangent, we tangent, guys, we tangent. No, that's all right. Um, <laughs> but back to socialism. What 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 do you feel? Um, of course, you're not talking about full-blown socialism, um, but you're talking about more of a socio-democratic, a, a democracy with socialist programs, that hybrid. That's the hybrid. Am I saying it right? You're looking at that, me like I said it completely. That is full-blown socialism. So democracy with, with socialist um, programs is full socialism? That's what you're saying? The social programs are the full-blown socialism, whether you live in a democracy or otherwise... Oh, right. so, so you're saying that democracy and socialism isn't mutually exclusive? No. Okay. So that means America also exists on a lot of socialist... Yeah, they have, the, America has seen a lot of social programs enacted, if you have um, food stamps. Yes, that, of that's course. That's a social policy. That's a social policy, yes. Right? Because mm -hmm. you're trying to create that, that lower floor for persons to be able, be able to live above poverty. And transportation yeah. also falls onto, on, underneath that social umbrella. Right. So when you see, once you see your country putting a lot of money into building infrastructure. That is a tenet of socialism. Mm. But then you see the thing is, the bad word is that socialism has an evil rap. When you say, when you say well, we have some socialist, pro like everybody gets all scared and afraid. It's like, oh my God, Russia is coming. Are we, are we with Libya now? What's going on? Are we turning into Cuba? Like people start thinking, okay, we're going to have any internet anymore. Yeah. Even if you have like, because I think if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, if I could break this down, socialist programs would have to do with programs that don't generate a profit yeah. but they influence the life of of of, of, of citizens right so and the even long-term growth of the economy of the exactly long-term growth because they have that safety net that mm -hmm. that guarantees at least okay you could live a, a marginally acceptable life mm -hmm. you know without having to actually put your hand in your pocket so us being able to go to um Public schools, that's right. a social program. Mm -hmm. um, self, self gives meals, us books. School, school meals. meals is a social program. Mm -hmm. We have, um, even at the, the hospital right now, I think they have like a fee if mm -hmm. you're going to be seen. But for the most part, it's heavily subsidized. Right. You don't really pay for your care. So like the dental, Newton Dental Clinic. Newton Dental Clinic. Teeth check, that's a... That's a social program. You might have to pay, but you're definitely not mm -hmm. paying what Full it costs. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just basically... I don't even know if you're, you're even paying for maintenance... I don't know. I guess they just get you to pay so that people don't abuse the situation. Right. Um, but those are socialist. Those are socialist programs. No, mm -hmm. what you what 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 are you um, proposing in terms of? Do we need more social programs? Is it that we need better social programs? What what are you proposing? Okay. What, well, the first how thing do we get out of poverty with socialism? I want to hear this. Let's go, guys. <laughs> guys, this is why we're here. Well, the first thing I want to do is try and compare a lot of these social programs that we are very much used to here in Saint Nevis. Mm -hmm to what exists in places that we look to, like the United States of America. Mm -hmm. For example, in the United States of America, you in the USA, you are not you are not assured of maternity leave, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Social security is also a, social, a socialist program. And it says social right in the name. Exactly. Um, 
we are used to having social it's a norm here to have social security of course it's a norm to know that you're pregnant you're gonna go on maternity leave three months even mm-hmm. though I think and the World Health Organization thinks that it should be six months um, if you're a man and you're married and you're having your first child you get to go off on paternity leave for a week a week a week is a week is nothing man come on ladies yeah. need more help than a week exactly should be at least two months I'm I would argue for the same six huh? I would argue for the same six Hey, that would be good. Yeah. Um, so things like that we, that you are assured of, mm-hmm. that we are used to, these are actually social programs. But, so what you're saying is that we need to improve on the social programs that oh, we have? Oh, they are more, they, well, as human beings, there are different aspects of life. You have shelter. <laughs> We've done very well in terms of providing free education up to high schools. And even I would say tertiary level, you go to college. True. You go to college for next to nothing. Subsid, subsidized. You go heavily. to college for next to nothing. Heavily. You, you paying, I've, I've heard persons argue over to, paying $250 per semester to go to college. That is ridiculous. And I'm like, but you got persons here from places like Jamaica who are paying three grand yeah. to go to the same college. You sit in the cl- same classroom as you. They have to pay the full price, right? Um, so free education is a social program that we have implemented very well. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying the education system is the best or good, but Free education is a social. You don't think program. the education system is good fits for Edinburgh? Let's let's save that for when I'm. Done. We can we can. Okay, we'll recap. That we'll, next recap. Time. we'll recap. Right? We'll recap. Mm. So, free education. We have we. You will see our government. Be careful. You will see, um, our government. And by government, I mean the public service mm-hmm. going around building houses. We have a national housing corporation that yes. builds houses for our people. Mm-hmm. Right. We've been doing that for a very long time. Very. That's a social program providing housing providing food i'm very thankful for school meals i'm very thankful for pink milk and cookies on a friday pink milk and cookies yeah that's what we had in primary school from school meals right? pink milk sounds like something from a goat directly <laughs> that hasn't been clear i'm sorry i i, I don't know why i don't know why i said that that's not that's not very nice please continue please right. so so um another aspect that we we are going into as a country is universal health care mm-hmm. right so we have had a national commission on universal health care for a good, I think, over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking at how would how best to, for us to go about implementing universal health care for our people so that when you go to the hospital, you don't have to pay a ton of the money. I really said a ton of the money and not anything at all. Yeah, true. Right? Should pay something. And it's health care that is um, needed. Mm-hmm. So the cosmetic things that you don't need Universal healthcare probably will not cover that, mm-hmm. right? But the things the, the things that you do need, universal healthcare will cover with you co-paying some small. I think it's twenty to eighty, mm-hmm. right? So you pay twenty percent, your taxes pay eighty percent. That's amazing. Right? It's basically insurance. So you, I don't know if you're familiar with what civil servants, sorry, public servants have in terms of their health insurance mm-hmm. package. No, I'm not actually. I've never been a public servant. This, right. this, so I'm it, probably a, doing it wrong. So the, <clears throat> so the public service has a good policy with national insurance. Mm-hmm. And they, it's a very good health policy. It's non-contributory for persons who join the, health service, join the public service before 2013. Mm-hmm. Right? For those who join after, you pay a contribution of, I think it's 3 or 3.5% three of your salary. Mm-hmm. And that covers dental, it covers wow. your eyes, it covers... If you have to travel overseas, crazy good. If you have to travel overseas for some sort of medical care, and of course the usual things, if you get sick, um, and so on. Mm-hmm. So 
you have an insurance policy. We have social security, which is itself an insurance policy, mm -hmm. but then universal healthcare would extend that to your health, yeah. um, medical services and so on, as well as education on how to take better care of your health so we avoid and prevent you getting ill and getting sick. Unnecessarily. Right? Yeah. yeah. So these are social policies that we, we see them, we look at them, we don't think of them as so we're very used to them. That's what I'm going that's what I was just about to say because the thing is, man, we are I was just about to ask this the same question. It's like, are we really like looking into these things as, and being appreciative of, of it? Because I think we take it for granted. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think we really understand the true value of most things. Mm -hmm. We Like, somebody would be complaining about, you said it earlier, somebody would be complaining about, you know, paying $200 to go to school, like right. go to college. Mm -hmm. When you've been going to school for free yeah. from since maybe even you were born, like you've mm -hmm. been going to school for free. Mm -hmm. You know, like like you've been going to the hospital. Some people go to the hospital and they don't pay. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But the government, I mean, they don't chase them down. They don't. You know, because it's like, we want you to pay because we want to just at least maybe, maybe get something back to continue doing the job that we're doing. Mm -hmm. But really and truly, we're subsidizing this for you. And yeah. we take it for granted. It's completely for granted. Yeah. And most, most countries in the Caribbean, most countries, most democratic countries have, I'm trying to avoid using certain terms. Most democratic countries I have- I would really like if you talk freely, but I do understand. <laughs> have a party that push- Socialism. Mm. You have in the UK, you have the UK Labour Party. In Jamaica, ironically, it's not the Jamaica Labour Party, it's actually the People's National Party. Mm -hmm. PNB. Right? You have the Democratic Labour Party in Barbados. These are the ones that push something Socialist. of socialism. Mm -hmm. um, interestingly, you have two Labour Parties in Barbados. <laughs> That's but a little confusing, isn't it? We vote in Labour, and it just means it just means voting for anybody. Yeah. So mm. you have, you generally have a, you generally have in a two-party system, one party that's for business and the next party that's for the people, mm. right? Generally. So if you look at what folks like Karl Marx would have written mm -hmm. about proletariat and bourgeoisie and these things, mm -hmm. um, is labor versus capital, basically, right? I don't want to dive into Karl Marx and them. But I think we can look at our society and realize that having a government or having some sort of entity that is able to provide the things that the people can provide for themselves just makes sense. I'm going to say, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm going to, I mean, in the, in the art of, of having this conversation, go up a bit more. Mm -hmm. The argument for capitalism is this. If, because I'm not so sure if you are speaking more on the logistics of it, like, how do we provide these services mm. for the the ones that don't create as much revenue for the country? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, is it that we are going to tax the rich to pay for the poor? Is it that the, the taxes for the rich are going to be higher mm -hmm. than the taxes for the poor in terms of, especially in terms of percentage? Mm -hmm. Is it is that what you're saying? Is that is how do we pay for all of these social programs? How do we pay for them? Okay. Well, the nitty gritty of the implementation would depend on your country and your culture. Mm -hmm. It would. Right? It would. Vastly. But, but, but the question of do we tax the rich to pay for the poor, I mean, you don't rob 
the shop that doesn't have any, I probably wrong for you. Should not use that analogy. No, that's a good analogy. You <laughs> don't have the shop that has nothing when the shop that has everything. Yeah, you don't take from a place that doesn't have anything to take. You know, you don't go to the market store that's empty. What are you trying to buy? Yeah. <laughs> you're, trying, you're trying to teach them a lesson. You yeah. get rich out there, you train. No, whether the, the, the tax rate is progressive or otherwise, I think that would depend on, I guess, the politics of the country at the point in time. Whether you tax the rich higher would depend on... I personally don't think that paying 50% of your, of your income mm-hmm. makes sense at any point in time. Because basically you're being punished for doing well. That's the I, thing. Mm-hmm. I do believe in having a possibly a higher tax rate, but I would cap that at maybe thirty five percent. And this is just how you feel. This is not and it by all means it might be thirty five percent. Capped at thirty five, it might be thirty, but in some countries you just do the evaluation and see right. what, what could happen. Mm-hmm. Um the thing is I think what what the argument against socialist programs, and, and by all means, I could dismantle this in seconds, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll present it because it is a point. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't want to be punished for being rich. And I think mm-hmm. most people are not rich. I mean, worldwide, mm-hmm. the, the, there's, not, there's 1% really, maybe 10% of people who do like extremely well. Mm-hmm. But the majority, the vast majority of the world is, is generally either medium to poor. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, with that, with saying that, whenever you say something like, we're going to tax the rich higher, you know, people get upset. No, the rich get upset, but people who want to be rich get upset too. Because it's like, I don't want, when I get rich, to uh-huh. be, but you are poor. Like, don't get me wrong. Right. Most of the people who say this, or most of the people who feel so determined, mm-hmm. they're very far from rich, mm-hmm. in, but they just, they still have the hope that one day they might be rich. And yeah. if one day they're going to be rich, mm-hmm. they don't want the tax rate to be ridiculous. They want to keep all the money. It's like, you're mm-hmm. taking my money. Mm-hmm. You're taking what I've worked so hard to build. Mm-hmm. Um, even in saying it's for some of us who are not very far from rich, but we still have to pay like things like taxes. And so like, we find it to be sometimes a little annoying because it's like, <laughs> it's like, again, we're not looking. And I don't think we look holistically. It's always no. a feelings thing. Uh-huh. And whenever you get into feelings, it's very illogical. Right. But we're like, hey, why are you charging me like even 4% of my earnings? How dare you touch my money? No. You didn't help me to get here. Um, to answer your first question, the reason persons who want to be rich get upset that when a government decides to tax persons with money more is because they don't know. They want to want to be rich. They don't know how the want to actually have money, protect their money from those taxes. Sure. So it's a lack of education. And I think this is something that when you're thinking about the tax rate or how you go about spreading your tax base, you have to think about who do we tax? Do we focus on taxing individuals or do we try to get some of that money out of corporations? And how do we get it out of the corporations? Do we tax their profit or do we tax their income? Mm-hmm. Now, if you, you know, in saying it's nervous, if you... If you have a business and that's it's not incorporated, of course you're gonna have a business license because that's the right thing to do. If mm-hmm. you have a business, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have if you're an unincorporated business, then you have to pay a, a tax unincorporated rate. business tax. Mm-hmm. You have to pay a tax rate on your income. Mm-hmm. But if you're incorporated, then you have, you pay that tax rate on your profit, profit. which mm-hmm. means that the taxes that you pay will be lower, right? Now, if you as an individual, you own a company, hundred shares in a company that owns your house, owns your property, owns X, Y, Z, and so on, mm-hmm. then you as an individual will be taxed on your income, your salary, 
but the company will be taxed on its profits. Yeah. And you who run in the company could just say, well, we ain't making the money. We have revenue, but we just not. We, we ain't creating, we, yeah. We're not creating any, we don't have a surplus. Yeah. I, I don't want to break that down. I mean, let, let me go through it slow because again, mm. it, it, it's, it's difficult for some people to consume it. Mm. But an unincorporated business would be, if, if you're going to run an unincorporated business, mm. if you make a hundred dollars mm. in 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 the the, t- the tax period mm-hmm. they're going to tax the 100 dollars mm-hmm. all right the, ta- the the 100 dollars is what they're looking at yeah whereas if you are a company mm-hmm. and you made you made you 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 collected 100 dollars as in mm-hmm. you made 100 dollars but they you spent 99 dollars mm-hmm. they're only going to tax the 1 dollar in in your in your profit yeah. on your profit sheet they're, they're not mm-hmm. the, the 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 revenue is irrelevant you right. could so companies could bring in millions and millions of dollars, mm-hmm. but they only, you know, declare, sorry to say declare, but according to the books, mm-hmm. you've only made a thousand dollars, even though millions of dollars came to you. You have to pay your staff, you have to do this, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people generally understand that. So most people, when they gravitate to running a business, it's just simpler to set up an unincorporated business mm-hmm. because you don't have to go through a lawyer. You mm-hmm. go down, you just tell them what you want to do. Yo, that smells good. Somebody's really cooking and cooking <laughs> up a stuff. You can, you guys can smell it, but it is, it it is, is wonderful. amazing. I don't know what it is. Probably don't eat it, but God, it's so good. But so most people, when they go, it's so simple to just set up an unincorporated business tax bill, thinking, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm going to spend, be spending 4% mm-hmm. or whatever the case beyond that taxable the threshold. Yeah. yeah, that taxable threshold, which is really small, especially yeah. for services. Yeah. You're not Very thinking, small. oh my God, I'm spending 4%, not mm-hmm. of what I've earned, but 4% of, of what, what came got. through my mm-hmm. business, which is really unfair. But that's how the system is set. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure everybody understood that, that that's, what, that's what you're saying, because... Right. I think people miss it a lot. Right. Right? Now, mm-hmm. to answer your next, well, to respond to another statement, persons in Singh's Navis need to understand that you live in a very low tax country. Mm-hmm. I mean, when persons are paying personal income tax, 33%. And VAT, we have the second highest VAT rate in the, the Eastern Caribbean, including Barbados. Mm-hmm. Barbados is VAT rated at 17.5%. I had the unfortunate circumstance of being there when it went from 15 to 175 as oh, a student. No. But you're paying 17% in VAT, which we're probably not used to. And you're also paying um, 3.5% in social levy, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a tax. Mm-hmm. It's just collected by Social Security. Sure. And I must stress that here that your social, what you pay Social Security is not a tax. That's an insurance premium. So that, five, that 5% that you pay to social, that social security collects for its purposes mm-hmm. is not a tax. Mm. It's an insurance policy. So if you were to go to, for example, national insurance and pay, you have an insurance policy, let's say life insurance, and you're paying $145 a year. Mm-hmm. That's your premium. That's how much you pay for the insurance. Right? $145 a year? Yeah, for your life insurance. No, man, $145 a month. No, it's $145 a year. I mean, for- when, I, when I started... Um, when I first got life insurance about 10 years ago, it was $144, $142 I was paying per year. Per year? Yeah, per year. The first time I got life insurance was from another company that now doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Same company. Names. I could call the name, but I won't. Just, just to um, move on. I think I was default. Well, it let's was, continue. It was $100 a month. A month, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, life insurance at... I probably, am I advertising you? Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> you could advertise. You could say right. whatever you want. So... The, um, 
what you pay for your insurance is a premium mm-hmm. and social security is basically a giant insurance company sure right so that five percent that comes out of your salary for social security purposes is not a tax it's a it's um an insurance premium that you're paying the three and a half percent that's social levy not the name social levy is mm-hmm. used to build houses mm. right so that is the tax that's the only tax that we pay on our income as individuals in Singis Nevis. Which is tiny. Mm-hmm. Just tiny. Yep. But then, because it's mandatory, doesn't that make it a tax? What it's a mandatory mean? collection from... from. Because, I mean, you have to pay... You mean the... The, the, the social... The, not the social levy, the, generally, but... The, what you pay to social what security? Because social security, I think the total is 5%. No, that doesn't make it a tax. So, it, because, so manda- it being would mandatory you, doesn't make it a tax? Would you think the... Um, your vehicle insurance is a tax? Yeah. It's not a tax. No, it's not a tax because it's, I'm paying it to a, prim, a, a, a private company and I don't have to have yeah, when that. You, when, but, you pay, when you pay taxes, that's it, you pay taxes. But or the when thing you, is... When you buy, when you, you're, paying, you're buying insurance every month from yeah. Social Security. So you're buying something with that 5%. But you're 3.5%, you're, you're giving that to the, the government. But the government is no taking returns. that from you. There are returns, but it's just that it's not directly to you yeah. individually. It's indirect. Right. right. So the roads, the houses, the fact that um, Miss Sue's son is not jumping through your window because he has a comfortable home to live in, that's a yeah, indirect that's a result of you paying for your percent out of your income. Mm. That so makes sense. 3.5% of the income. 3.5%. Yeah. And that's, that's tiny. I mean, we, we, we argue about that because, and, and again, it, I, think, I think when it comes to our small little islands, right? Mm-hmm. Our mentality is that anything that, that is changed comes with a threat uh-huh. okay like i mean I, it's not long ago that we had these traffic lights everybody's mm-hmm. like this is a bad idea you're mm-hmm. destroying saying it's the skyline was beautiful <laughs> la 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 blah 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 uh-huh. i know everybody everybody just loves these lights because it just mm-hmm. minimizes the amount of time they have in traffic except, traffic except actually moves well pedestrians y'all i take a back seat that's y'all i joke it i joke that's a joke um yeah, except for the pedestrians, which you just have to be it's more a, wise about your route. It's just a matter of um, a, adjustment. A problem with the timing, because sometimes the you see the white guy, you yeah. see the 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 walk sign, uh-huh. but the road that you're crossing, there's a green light above it, so you're seeing vehicles move while you are allowed to walk across. So it's just a, a matter of changing the, the timing, timing so that yeah. there's no overlap. But then also there's a countdown, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean. Well, it's supposed to mean this is the amount of time you have left to walk, mm-hmm. but the lights turn green uh, before before that countdown mm-hmm. starts. And I think they need to adjust. Just whoever listening, please, uh, please, please get them to adjust this thing because I think mm-hmm. the, 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 the whole fact that we haven't had a pedestrian being touched yet mm-hmm. is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Which means that we still have somewhat vigilant drivers. Yeah, we pay attention. We're still paying attention because mm-hmm. sometimes you see green and. Usually, gone. it means go. Mm-hmm. You know, we and we get completely annoyed mm-hmm. when somebody is driving really slowly on a green light. Like, mm-hmm. come on, I don't want to be here another four minutes mm-hmm. of my life. We, as before, we would have been in traffic for almost Longer thirty time. minutes, right? Mm-hmm. But no, four minutes is too annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just I find it again. I don't know if it's a small little thing. It's just a people thing. But getting adjusted to different things is difficult. So when, when of course, when they brought that in, like it was just like. That is a vicious attack. Like, that's what we're hearing all the time. It probably was political rhetoric. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, we believed it because it's change. We don't like that. 
We don't want mm-hmm. that. We don't want change. Uh-huh. And now everybody just adjusted to it. Nobody even looks at the vet anymore. It's just, <laughs> just like whatever. And now, I mean, now with the advent of this um, this program, this five hundred dollars, uh, if you're not making minimum wage, poverty alleviation. It program. probably alle- yes, the pub- the poverty alleviation program, like which I love. I must say, I love the way they implemented it. Or they are imp- going to implement it mm-hmm. in that instead of giving people actual cash money, and I know people hate that that they don't get cash money. Mm-hmm. But I think it's best to give them a voucher indeed because I think if you're trying to give them um, relief, especially for food, which is, I think, the most important thing, uh-huh. um, giving them a voucher so that they have to buy food, I think is the best way to go about it. Like, buy food. Don't, we're not going to give you $500 to do your hair. We're going to give mm. you $500 to do something specific. You know, don't have to worry so much about food. You uh-huh. might still have to buy a couple of things, but $500 is a relief for food. Uh-huh. What's the um, long-term plan, though? I don't know. I don't know what the long-term plan is, but this is socialism, so let's just run with it and see what happens. Uh, no, nah, the thing is, you have to be sustainable in the long term. But then th- that, that question wasn't asked for other things, like the school news program, what is the long-term, what, 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 what will that, what are we trying to get to with the school news program? You're trying to, the thing, the thing about the school news program is that it should get to a point where you no longer need it because persons are able to provide for their families. Mm-hmm. But you realize we've been stacking poverty alleviation programs upon poverty alleviation prog- programs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, school meals program was a, um, your parents can't afford lunch, so, so we're going to make sure you have lunch. Yeah, you eat, yeah. Not really because, well, we, we want to know that you've eaten so that you can focus in exactly. school. Mm-hmm. So you can get the education so that when you grow up, you can become a doctor, lawyer, engineer, um, or a software engineer. Indeed. And you can... You, you yourself are not in a position where you can't provide for your children. Mm-hmm. So it will get to a point where eventually persons don't need school meals anymore because they can't afford to provide their own lunch. But right? then that means you just answered the question. No, but how does, how does giving you $500, a $500 voucher mm-hmm. um, get you out of poverty? Because what I'm looking at is, uh-huh. along with this $500, are you... Are you teaching persons how to manage their finances? Mm, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So it's not necessarily a problem with the what the program is doing specifically, but there's mm-hmm. a problem with the back end of the program where there's no offering, there's no, they're not offering you financial prudence education. or financial education. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of giving you money and saying, hey, go ahead, eat. Mm-hmm. You know? Because um, with, with the school meals program, you could have given the parents money mm-hmm. to buy lunch for the children. Yeah, but that would have been ineffective because again the the main problem is not and i'm, I'm gonna say this this is kind of gonna be controversial in the future i'm gonna be like shut your mouth but <laughs> the main problem sometimes is not the access to money uh-huh. the main problem is, is is sometimes access to the education of how to use the money yeah, and right. prioritizing what are, are setting your priorities in a way that would help you to function in the best way that you could possibly function. Pretty and much, yeah. That's where we fail. So if you, if you exacerbate the problem by giving somebody money, you're not helping them. What you're doing is you're giving them more capital for them to do prioritize. Don't need to do. In exactly, to, 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 to fuel the, the improper priorities. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, I, I think um, politicians can't take you out of poverty. 
No. There's nobody. There's no amount of money. You could win the lottery tomorrow, <laughs> and within two years, you, you would work. still be. You would probably be even more broke mm -hmm. than when you started. It's yeah. very possible, and it has happened more times. There more. There's more evidence of that. That you could just look up on it. You could find many cases of that happening where the lottery made people worse. Which means to me, the problem is not money. The it's problem really is people it. have no education on how to use it. Right. Even in schools, there's no program to teach you how to use money. There's a principle of business that teaches but you how to manage not, somebody's not, not money. Not even manage money, just record not, money. But not everybody does principles of business exactly. principles of accounts. Exactly. People, in fact, a lot of people shy away from those subjects. Mm. All right? They, they, they want to do more artists and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. I have no, mm. nothing wrong with that at all. But you're teaching family life. And again, I have my quorums with family life. You've probably heard it before I have quorums with family life. But... There's no program in the schools that says, look, we're going to teach financial literacy today. We're going to teach right. financial literacy from the time you're going to primary school mm -hmm. to the time you're in high school. So that by the time you leave school, if it's one thing that you could do, is set your priorities manage in order and manage your money properly. Mm -hmm. And then you send people out there like after high school and say, hey, get a job now. And then they start but, just but. doing... Ridiculous things. Yeah, it's ironic because at what point I don't. I'm maybe it's school specific. But mm. At what point do you get taught to create a resume or a CV? At, at no what point, point. At what point do you, are you, do you learn the difference between a resume and a CV? You know. At what it's, point? But what is it? What is the difference between a resume and a CV? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I've never been taught that. I thought a resume and a CV were interchangeable. I, I thought they were the same thing. I thought it was just a matter of this is what this is the language that's used in Europe and this exactly. is the language that's used in America. Exactly. They're they slightly different. I think it's slightly one, different things. Uh -huh. Different formats for the same thing, basically. Mm. But I've never delved into what's the difference because, I mean, it never hampered me in getting a job as far as I know. You don't know. When you applied <laughs> yeah. for the Elon Musk position of leading SpaceX, <laughs> you never know. Maybe your CV was like, hey, this guy don't know to write it. He don't know the difference in a CV and a resume. Nah, I get rid of him. Toss him, toss him in the trash and tell him he unfiled. Like, I hate much. that though. But, but I think in, in I, will, I will say, I had a teacher that was extremely progressive as an English teacher. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was Miss Wano. And she made us, she made us do CVs. Like mm -hmm. that was one, I don't know if it was part of the curriculum, I doubt it. But she did mm. teach us how to write a CV before I left high school. <laughs> so she's one of those golden ones. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I've, I've used a CV just one time in my entire life and I've never used it again. Yeah, and I think it's a beautiful segue into what we were talking about before with the issues with the education system. Okay, let's um, talk. You need, you need teachers who from their own experiences can see what the education system is lacking mm. and try and show it up as it exists. One issue I had um, when I when I first came home from from UWE, mm -hmm. I applied to the college and I applied to the Ministry of Education to be a teacher. Okay, right? I got a response from the Ministry of Education. wasn't hearing from the college. Um, wound up teaching at Bastia High for two weeks, and I was teaching math. And one of the issues I had from the get go was teaching consumer arithmetic. Teaching because, why? Because I figure. The concepts that I'm supposed to be teaching in consumer arithmetic can be taught in investor awareness. That's in a completely different topic? Different name. But what I'm teaching is how do you calculate interest? Okay. The difference is, am I, are you calculating interest on a loan or a higher purchase? Mm -hmm. Or are you calculating interest on an investment that you made? Oh. So if I'm showing you, if I'm putting in front of you, or I'm putting in your mind that 
this is how you think as an investor, mm-hmm. then you may go up to become an investor. But if I'm teaching you consumer arithmetic, you're going to go up to become a consumer. Exactly. You're going to go up to know how to calculate your higher purchase and decide, okay, every time I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this spend thing more money on higher purchase versus which is if a you're very investor. bad idea. I see what you did there. Yeah. So, so what did you end up? Did you end up teaching them investor arithmetic? Mm-hmm. Investor relations. That's what I call it. I mean, it was consumer arithmetic in the textbook, mm-hmm. but I thought the same concepts. True. Instead of teaching, you are taking a loan or higher purchase. You bought a piece of property. This is how much you're earning on the property every every five years. What is the uh, is the same formula? <laughs> it's the same concepts, but just, it's just that, that a different, different way. context. Yeah, right. completely different context. And when I got to the college, I realized that the curriculum that they were presenting to us um, for Cape Computer Science in particular was stuff that the students could have done in a short frame of time. Mm-hmm. And this was hinged off of the fact that I, when I first started, that students were driven and invested in their own education, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I began giving them challenges to do things that I told them I can't help you with this. So I would have challenged them to go and learn a language named Java. Java, mm-hmm. right? JavaScript. Mm. No, Java. Okay, Java, not JavaScript. So JavaScript yeah. is a program. Right? What is JavaScript? Java and JavaScript are programming languages. Their relation, they're as related as care is to cap it. God, so why they call them the same thing? That's a confusion. Because Java was a popular language around the same time that the person who created JavaScript created mm-hmm. JavaScript. Oh, okay. So he wanted to somehow associate with Java. Okay. They don't have much of a relation. Okay, so you um, taught them Java? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. Oh, but you told them about yeah, you Java? You have to go and do a project in Java. And I told them specifically, I don't know Java, so don't come and ask me nothing. So they had to go and learn on their own. So you lied to your students, man? Come on. Well, I mean, I guess you like for their own benefit. Like, don't ask me anything. <laughs> Go out there and find it. Go find your information for yourself. Be resourceful for once. Exactly. I wrote an article about, um, I don't know Java, but I put it on my resume anyway. <laughs> right? Um, so that was the idea for them to be self-driven and self-taught, to teach them that you don't need to depend on me as a teacher. Right? You can go and learn on your own. On your own. You can be independent of anybody else. You how the pace of your learning depends on yourself. Yeah, not the teacher. I think me and you talked about this some time ago. Yes, we did. Yeah, you, you talked about, what did you say? What did you say the percentage was? The percentage of a student learning, the responsibility is on them by what, 60%? Eight, no, 80%. 80% of their learning is their responsibility yeah. and the other 20% is, no, it was 20% or it's 10%? As, as low as you can go. Okay. The other... I'm, I was trying to emphasize that a student is more, should be more invested in their learning than I should be. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm invested in your learning, but I can only do so much. I can't... Education is like food, you know? You when have to be hungry. When you're a baby, you just get... And babies, are, babies are not going to refuse a nipple That's unless true. they're full. Mm-hmm. Right? But as you get older and you... And see, are some persons that don't know how they do it, they forget to eat. <laughs> forget some, to eat until when they, they're not they're forget to eat until they die and some persons they don't eat unless somebody's feeding them mm. like you're not a baby though true as you go up and you go older you, you have need to, to take responsibility that. for your own feeding right. so he's either you're gonna, you're, you're gonna eat regularly or you're gonna just eat sparsely but either way mm-hmm. you're responsible for when you eat and also what you eat and what you eat which is where we get into the education system now um, my issue with the education system is that it's lacking in terms of content in terms of the pace at which the content changes, I'm in the field of computer science. So of every two years... There's a next thing. 
Uh-huh. So every two years, that's a lifetime basically in the field of computer science, mm-hmm. right? So if whatever you learned five years ago, that doesn't apply today. It's irrelevant. Right? I finished a master's in a computer science related field two years ago, and I've learned so much in that interceding two years. Mm-hmm. Most of the tools that I use during the master's, I don't use today because they are ones that have come along that are better and more improved. And, and you will not know this unless you continue learning. You have a passion to th- continue learning. The, another issue with the education system is that it emphasizes passing over passion. Right? Mm. Perfect example, I had a, a young lady in my class. For some reason, we had a three-hour computer science class every Monday. I think we went from four to seven or three to, three to six. Three right? hours, Jesus. Right. And there was a young lady in my class who wanted to be a dancer. Um, which is why it's important to know what your students want to be, right? Mm-hmm. She wanted to be a dancer, but she was doing computer science because she had to. She had to. Yeah. And the last hour of that computer science class would overlap with her dance class. And she, she told me, again, communication is important. I wouldn't know if she didn't tell me. She told me, and I said to her, well, go dance class. Most mm-hmm. teachers would have been like, well, I need you to pass my subject, so you're going to have to make a choice. And I'm more like, you want to be what you want to be. You have a passion for, for this. dance. Mm-hmm. Go and dance, right? I will help you as much as, you, as I can, and I will help you as much as you show interest in computer science. Mm-hmm. But don't let computer science keep you from pursuing your, da- your passion, which is dance. I have an interesting conundrum to pass to you. And, and you're the second person I had on this show that talked about passion. The second, only the second person uh-huh. of the 14 or 15 people I've already spoken to. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think people should follow their passion or do you think people should follow what they're good at and become passionate about that? You follow your passion. You have to find it first, which means you have to explore. You have to explore a lot of different... Um, things in life. Mm-hmm. You have to explore a lot of different areas. But suppose what you're passionate about, you're not good at the top. Like, for example, I want to be an American Idol mm-hmm. and I go there and I, I have a passion for singing. I love singing. I think mm-hmm. singing is my bread, my butter, my everything. And I go out there and I sing and I sound like a croaking, mm-hmm. you know, dying duck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what then? Is it, is, it that, is it that I'm not passionate about singing? Should I still follow singing? Mm-hmm. What do you think? And I'm, I'm using this specific example. Mm. What can do you think in that case? For me? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So come off your bars. <laughs> I think I can follow a little underwater too. Okay. So the thing is, um, there's a quote that I might misquote, but it goes along the lines of 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yes. Right? Mm. So if you are passionate about something and you're not good at it, put in the time and effort to learn. There's another quote from a guy who was training one of these European painters, uh, sculptors. Mm-hmm. And the guy said to him, again, I might misquote it, success is, let's see, oh, talent is cheap, mm-hmm. but consistency, I'm, I'm misquoting it. Mm-hmm. But what he's saying is that you have to, you could be talented at something. You could yeah. be very good and skilled at something. Mm. But that doesn't get you ahead of the guy that's put the guy or the girl that's, that's putting, putting in the, the effort. Work. Yeah, yeah, that's putting true. Putting in the work to that's get true. the work done. That's true. That's right? true. I agree with that 100%. Because your talent is just a skill. You're good at a skill. But yeah. that person who is practicing, 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 I think eventually 
will become as good as you and, and because better. they're continually practicing they'll become better than you that's the thing it's it's i think somebody made a determination yeah. and said yeah. that the quote is talent is cheap dedication is costly okay that's it that's it the thing is what well, somebody somebody made the, the, the differentiation i think it's just lexical it's just a matter of just grammatically changing the, the words mm-hmm. but it's the same exact concept it's like talent is when it's easy for you to gain a skill mm-hmm. um but gaining a skill it takes, you know, perseverance. Mm-hmm. Like you might not be naturally talented at something, mm-hmm. but if you put in the work and mm-hmm. develop the skill through right. maybe doing it over and over, maybe like looking deeper into your technique and studying right. it and, and getting really good at it, you could get really, really good at something and surpass somebody who is lackadaisically talented. Yeah. yeah because somebody who is talented could just be like, you know, yeah, man, I could run 100 meters like, you know, in, in 12 seconds. Like, yeah. I really need to do no extra nothing. But you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I can't run, I, can, I can't just pick up and run. I probably mm-hmm. run at 14 or 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to work at this every single day. Mm-hmm. No, the thing is, the reason I bring up the question to you, the philosophical question, because there's a conundrum here mm-hmm. that we might, might want to just slip over. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I could see both things and I, I'm not incredibly like lean, lean on any particular thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there are some there are some situations where you might be passionate about something, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you have to follow that passion. No. Like it doesn't mean that this passion this passion could be something that you do in your spare time. It could be something that you love, right. and you could entertain doing it because you love it. You get mm-hmm. fulfillment of life from doing it. Mm-hmm. But I could also see the argument of you are good at making houses. You're good at. You're, you're an architect. You're, uh-huh. um, maybe you're not an architect, but you're very, very skilled at mm-hmm. drying houses. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do that. You could follow doing that and develop a passion for doing it. Right. If you invest the time and the energy, you might eventually even grow to love it. Mm-hmm. So I could see that path as well. I don't think any path is better than any. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't always think that either one is the best. Something you mm-hmm. might be good at something and it makes you miserable. Mm-hmm. If it makes you miserable, by, all, <laughs> by God means, stop doing it. Whether you're great at it or not, or if you want to do it for a little while and then, you know, if, if that's what you want to do, make some money or get yeah. some accolade with and that, then branch off and do something that you love, do that. that. Half the public service just leaves their job. Well, that's the thing. And then, it, <laughs> you see, it becomes, it's a conundrum because there's no, I don't think there's a real right or wrong answer. There's a lot of great areas mm-hmm. in that, com, in committing to either one. There's mm-hmm. like, if you follow your passion, you're not good at it. You might live, you might generally live mm-hmm. a very miserable existence. You might uh-huh. be following this passion with n- n- never ever achieving it. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to beat Usain Bolt, but maybe... Um, with a cane or with a whip? Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, with, with my feet... No, that sounds like I'm fighting him. But I want to be able to break the world record, the 100-meter uh-huh. world record. Uh-huh. No, by all means, I could go out there and I could train for years and years and years. I mean, I think I'm kind of up there in age, so I don't know if I made time done pass. But just saying, I could go out there and train uh-huh. and train and train and train and train, but never, ever, ever, ever accomplish it. Like, mm-hmm. I could be training, training. That's my passion. I need to, I need to mm-hmm. beat this world record. I could never achieve it because, what, I might have some physical limitations or I might just... I just might not be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But all of the time that I've focused on doing this, like 10 years have gone and I've done mm-hmm. nothing that I could, there's nothing that I have that I could say, okay, well, I did this. You haven't accomplished your objective. I haven't accomplished my objective and I, because I'm so focused on it, I probably maybe have not accomplished a lot. So I've missed mm-hmm. out on life because I'm so laser focused to this. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe life is just kind of balancing mm-hmm. th- these two extremes. It's not. It's not like, 
oh, I, I, I love singing, so I'm going to follow this. Mm. You know, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes you don't have that, 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 that ability. Mm. And also, sometimes you're really good at something and you hate it. You really, really, it makes you miserable. Mm. Like, it makes your life unworth living. And then you have <laughs> okay. to find a way to travel that too. Like you have to oh. find a way to say, hey, look, I'm going to do some of this, but I don't want to just, I don't want my life to be this. This is not mm-hmm. something I like. And everybody's telling you, oh, you're so good. But it's like, I hate this though. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's not, it's not such a thing. And again, you didn't answer the question wrong because I think you, what mm-hmm. you did is the right thing. This young lady is passionate about dance. She could change the world with dance. Mm-hmm. You, maybe she's not super talented at being an infotech student. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she is. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm not gonna force it. No, no, and 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 I think I think sometimes too, maybe I'm I'm probably go a lot further away from what we're talking about. But even when it comes to like parenting and like looking at your child, I think being observant of what is happening with your child is more mm-hmm. important than your pre-established um, determinations what this child is going to be. Right. Like saying, oh, this child is Asian, so it's gonna be a doctor is ridiculous. <laughs> You're gonna create a lot of malpracticing practitioners because they don't like it. They're going to be doing it, but there's no empathy in doing it. There's like a bunch of doctors walking around and and being a doctor, as far as I learned recently, empathy is such a big part of it. Like predetermined that your child is going to be a doctor or a dentist or something. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they're going to be successful, Mm. maybe, but they're going to be miserable and they're probably going to destroy somebody's life because they don't have any empathy for this. Yeah, I have a few friends who they pursued a university degree that they didn't want to. I had a friend who wanted to be a pilot. Mm. He wound up at Kfield studying law. Oh, bye. I have another friend. Um, he also wants to be a pilot. And I'm asking him, so, why well, you ain't going to pilot school? If you want to be a pilot, go to pilot school. You know? But I think we as a society, we tend to see certain professions as being better than others. Yeah, we do. Um, more secure. I think it's just a matter of ignorance that we just don't know better. Quite so. Um, Sometimes I speak at graduations and when I speak, I try to do two things. I try to emphasize that any profession mm-hmm. is just as important as any other profession. That's true. So when I try to encourage the parents to encourage the students, their children to be what they want to be, I tend to use examples like a mechanic mm-hmm. or a carpenter. And I try to break down these gender barriers that, that is said to be uh, existing. So I, well, at one graduation, I said, so if your daughter wants to be a mechanic, encourage her to be the best mechanic she can she be. She can be. Right? No. You may not... Most persons may not see their children become mechanics at all, whether it's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, most certainly would not see a girl becoming a mechanic. True. It's like... It's a gender not? stereotype. Why not? You know? Um, so we should, inc- we should open up as many opportunities to our children to learn and see and explore different... Um, areas, different skill sets. And the interesting thing is that children do this naturally True. when they play, right? When you play, they don't ask you, so do you hit the ball better or do you catch the ball better? No, you just go and play. Mm-hmm. And over time you realize, well, I'm better at running and kicking with a ball. The other night I was playing handball and then afterwards I was like, playing football is a lot easier than doing this. Oh, okay. So, so for you, your skill, you, you, you gravitate more to football then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm basketball. I'm better with my hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, open up as many opportunities as you can. Expose your children to as many things as possible so that they can gravitate to something and realize, I really like doing this. And like and doing it, it first. Like, I think, I think sometimes it's, 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 it's such so much of... And, and, and I'm, I'm not knocking parents, eh, because 
I think in, in the long run, it, come, it sometimes comes from a place of good. You don't want your child to suffer economically. You don't want him to be in a financial strain. Mm-hmm. And if your perception is that allowing your little girl to be a mechanic might make her unhappy because she's not economically, you know, well off, which is a bad <laughs> preconception, by the way, because I know my mechanics and I know for sure that I sometimes work for them. You know, it's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> even like a barber or like... Uh-huh. Um, Anything, anything really. Like even mm-hmm. even if you're gonna provide like, personal services. Yeah, personal service, cosmetic mix. Mm-hmm. Like these things, once somebody is driven, man, there's the sky is the limit for them. Mm-hmm. You could be a millionaire barber. I don't there's nothing that says that you can't hey, be. Listen, when I was younger, I remember distinctly seeing a Jeep being driven by a young lady. Mm-hmm. And at the back of the Jeep she had a she had a, a sign that says, Platts, give me this. Platts, give Basically, me this. Platting here. Is how she got to be able to own a Jeep. So it wasn't a university degree. It's platinum. It, it wasn't any certification. It was a plat here. And I'm good at it and I'm driven and I did it. Which fundamentally I was running a business. And I made money. Right. This is the proof. This is the proof of mm-hmm. it. You know, it's it's weird. I just I just think that we need to open up like that that minimalist kind of Oh, mm-hmm. well, you have to do these three jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want... Like, I heard somebody the other day tell Like, they said to me, like, if you really want to make money, you need to be a politician. That's just... just, just <laughs> that's the, the longest shot. Like, everything else is a waste of time. Like, if you really want to make money, politics is the only way. Like, and this person said it with so much fervor, you believe that. They weren't joking. Like, you laughed. And, like, I was like... My my question uh, my question to them would be: Are you talking about politician's salary? No politics. No, you you missed the point. No, I didn't miss the point. You missed it. I'm, I didn't miss the point because you're asking about the salary. You Nobody know, cares about the I, salary. I, I, that's the point. That's that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I know the salary of politicians, mm-hmm. of MPs, and so on are very, is very small compared to you working in private business and you earning twenty thousand dollars a of month. Of course, it's tiny. Right? It's t- even at the prime ministerial level. Mm-hmm. The, the, the paycheck in comparison to a, a thriving business owner is like is, is minuscule mm-hmm. minuscule yeah that's why I was asking um no it's not it's not that my friend hmm, so how, how, how else the politicians make the money what do even? you mean my friend what uh-huh. do you mean what are you saying like think about it like this <laughs> the gatekeeper and, and Jesus Jesus did this not to be uh-huh. you know too spiritual or anything but Jesus realized, when did Jesus get mad? Jesus got mad when mm-hmm. he realized that the people who were giving the tokens, the people who mm-hmm. were giving those, those little coins for you to pay, you, 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 um, you know, your offering, you, do you give your tithes mm-hmm. with those little coins. Because in the temples, this is what I understand. Uh-huh. I'm going to say this is what I was made to understand. Mm-hmm. There were specific coins mm-hmm. that you used to pay your tithes. Mm-hmm. So instead of, at one point in Jesus' time, especially, instead of them bringing like um, cows and, 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 and mm-hmm. sheep and so on, there was a, 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 a courtyard uh-huh. and you would trade certain goods for a mm-hmm. certain amount of coins, mm-hmm. all right? And the peddlers or the people who have access to these coins were more or less like bankers. You would bring mm-hmm. a certain amount of material and they would give you a certain amount of coins. Uh-huh. Now, what came with being a banker is that Hey, you set the price. You set the price of the you set the price of the coin. So if a coin is worth two cows, that's what a coin is worth. Mm. You know, and it's not like it's not like to say, oh well, ten percent is is a static ten percent. It's ten percent mm. given what these bankers have set in stone. If you if your cow is only worth 
you know, this amount of coinage, mm-hmm. then, you know, if I had 10 cows, then, you know, two cows is only one coin, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's weird. But I'm just saying the, the, the very, and Jesus, won, he, he, said, he, he said, look, you're turning my house mm-hmm. into a, a, den a den of thieves, of thieves right? Yeah. Because you are persecuting these and exploiting these people mm-hmm. with your prices for these these coins that they, they, they came to pay, mm-hmm. you know, they, they came to pay their toll for, you know, that, that, that God has ordered, like pay your 10%. Mm-hmm. But you're making it extremely difficult for them to do mm-hmm. that. You're making it extremely expensive for them to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's when he got mad. He got mad at the peddlers. So what I said is, when you have a gatekeeper, when you have somebody who variates or uh, works in be- behalf of something, a middleman, let's call it a middleman, right? Mm-hmm. You're always going to have the possibility of making way more money than the end user or even the person who is supporting these things. Because mm-hmm. if I am a politician, and I'm not saying me personally, mm-hmm. using an example, if I'm a politician and I'm going to be in charge of um, business deals with certain foreign, mm-hmm. like foreign, you know, foreign, foreign um, businesses or mm-hmm. uh, foreign nations or whatnot, and they want whatever I have to offer, mm-hmm. I could say simply, hey, um, Peter from India, you know. I'll put you on the top of the list. I could put you, you on the top of the list, but, you know, it, it's really tight right now. It's really, it's really, because you, between you and South Africa, mm-hmm. I mean, South Africa is making a really good deal. Mm-hmm. Like, and my people are going to benefit substantially from South Africa's investment. Mm-hmm. And India says, well, what if I give you $2 million? There you go. You know, and $2 million would be like, ridiculously quantum leaps above your salary right you know like like who turns that down it's like this the country may still get very similar economic benefits but it's just that you got you got two million dollars from the exchange you're the middleman and this is where i say like as a politician it's just you're in the target for temptation yeah um (laughs) (laughs) that's the long way around (laughs) yeah you'll find that uh when when it comes to making decisions you're in a position to influence the outcomes of the decisions. Of course. Especially when it comes to, well, if you have your own private business and you want to employ your cousin, then that's no problem. It's your private business. Mm-hmm. But if you're running a corporation, a company that's publicly traded, owned by persons outside of yourself, then there needs to be some sort of accountability mechanism in place to ensure that you are not taking something on the table in exchange for making a bad decision. Or if making a decision whether mm-hmm. it's bad or good true what's swaying your what's swaying your what's yeah. pulling your, your cards like right. why this person over that why this deal over that deal right. which is why I always I always say, tell politicians unless you're corrupt then mechanisms that show what you do shouldn't hurt you exactly once you're in public office mechanisms that once you have nothing it, to hide make it clear what you do shouldn't hurt you because if you get $2 million into your bank account and nobody else in, there's no oversight of your assets or the growth of your assets over the time that you have been in office, mm-hmm. then you can basically get any amount of money from anybody for making any, any decision amount. that affects ev- all of Everybody. us. But for just, sometimes life, yeah. irreversibly. So once you don't have those institutions in place, um, like the... Audit the what's his name the general audit the, the government's audit office. Mm-hmm. 
in terms of getting access to financial information mm-hmm. and records in terms of us as a public getting access to information about how decisions are made even how do you go about choosing a person for an NHC house these are things that should sure. be public criteria sure. that should be public sure. so a person can they themselves look and compare well Tom get but Bobby and get because but did both of them fit the criteria right so what was the you so could maybe, question it. So maybe it was just a lack of number of houses, mm-hmm. or let's say it's a case where you, you know Bob making three grand and Tom making five grand. So you could say you clearly could see exactly. Bob should get the house and not Tom. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because exactly. Bob is more in need. Mm-hmm. So once you put this information out there, then nobody will be able to question your judgment. And it extends beyond politicians to almost everybody in some level of position of power authority. So let's say. You you run a daycare and you have to transport children from your daycare to their homes. Mm-hmm. One of the things you learn when you learn about um, interacting with children is that you try as much as possible not to be alone with a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you if it's the last child in the bus, you have to have a second adult with you. True. Because even if you drive from here to Sandy Point and back, uh, Sandy Point carry home the child and nothing happens and you come back, that still opens that avenue for someone to actually accuse you of doing of something course, of course. that never happened. Of course, of course. So It does. So accountability not only shows what you're doing, it, it, it protects you true. if you're not doing anything wrong. It's true. That's true. That's a good point. Solid point. But then I don't do that. <laughs> because the only way to I'll, get rich in sick is... I'll keep my comments on that. <laughs> ...is to be a politician. That's what I've been told... I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I generally agree. But that, one that's, thing that's, that's patently untrue because you have a lot of business persons who are who earn any money. So, but they are politicians. The thing is, too. You know, what's funny. What's funny, and the the, 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 the case could be made. I think we're gonna be wrapping up in a bit, so I'm gonna ask you for your final mm-hmm. comment soon. But um, the thing about it is that I feel I not feel, but when you look at it, if if you're running a business, mm-hmm. say you are doing an event business, right? Mm-hmm. And this happens. This is a real life example. You're providing a service or, or, or a product mm-hmm. that people want. So mm-hmm. you get rich because you're providing a product that people want, that people mm-hmm. want to entertain. Mm-hmm. Whether you're entertaining them or you're providing something. So you're providing something of worth to other people. Mm-hmm. If you get rich doing that, I see nothing, I don't see anything wrong with that. No. Because it's mutually beneficial. You provide a service, mm-hmm. they see that whatever you're charging is worth it, mm-hmm. so they participate and they, you guys do business together. They mm-hmm. give you money, you give them an experience or a product. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with that whatsoever. What I see something wrong with though is that when you're not providing a service mm-hmm. or a product, in the cases, in the case of politics, mm-hmm. you are not providing a you're not providing a service or a product. What you are doing is you're managing mm-hmm. these the resources that exist here mm-hmm. and trying to get the best out of them. No, no, that that provides its own personal service. Mm-hmm. But the people who you are serving, they mm-hmm. elected you to serve. They didn't elect you mm-hmm. to take money so that you could be rich. That's not. I don't see that in any portfolio that I've ever seen. Well, most most persons in public service have and any other duties. So maybe they miss oh, okay. that section. I have never seen that on a poly, on a, on a, what, when what? they when they sign them into government. Never heard what? them say on any other duties. Corruption basically is you selling something that doesn't belong to you. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Are you taking something that isn't inherently yours mm-hmm. to have? You know, I mean, it's inherently yours to manage, mm-hmm. but it's not inherently yours to have. No, Fitzroy, I think. 
Mm-hmm. We've been talking, and me and you, we, we probably could sit down here and talk yeah, till one true. o'clock in the morning. But she has a timeline, guys. Uh, we know you're out there, and we know you're probably listening still. So, Fitzroy, let's wrap it up. Um, in terms of mm-hmm. socialism, um, what are your final thoughts? How could, and let me ask the question more directly, not what are your final thoughts? Mm-hmm. Where could we be in the next five years? Mm-hmm. Where could we be? And where will we be? <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. That's all I like. That's all I like to do. Answer the first question first. Let's be as where could we be? Well, mm. the truth is, where could we um, is limitless because socialism isn't about what your ceiling is. It's not about setting a, a, a top level boundary. Mm. It's about setting a lower level boundary. So where we could be is where everybody has adequate housing and adequate health care and sufficient education to properly prepare them to join the workforce. Right? That's where we could be and should be. I think that's where every country should be trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Well, where we have the infrastructure we need to do commerce and to travel from school and home to work mm-hmm. and, it, and so on, to do the things that we need to do. Basically, be in a situation where, en- where we are enabling our people to be the best that they can be. Right? And the answer to that question of what's the best we can be is... That's beyond, that's beyond me. Right? We have a population of over 50,000 people. Individuals who are absolutely brilliant. Um, persons who I said to them, if you want to compete against most persons in the world at this point in time, all you need is a laptop and an internet connection. Yeah. Do you have that? You have a laptop? Check. Do you have an internet connection? Check. Yeah. You just need to apply yourself now. People doing it on their phones too, man. Right. <laughs> so what I think we would need to do to take advantage of the position that we actually have because we are very advanced in terms of our social progress. Yeah. We do have some areas that, specific areas that we need to in, in, increase in. Yeah. So we need to be in a point where we switch our mindset from being consumers to being producers. True. Um, one well, cousin of mine, a guy named Vusi Temakwayo from South Africa. Vusi Temakwayo? A cousin of ours. Yeah. His name is Vusi Tembekwayo. Mm-hmm. Right? He's, uh, he's from the Zulu Nation. He once said that you could have a gig of data on your phone. The difference between you as an entrepreneur, because he tends to speak to entrepreneurs, and anybody else is what are you doing with a gig of data? Mm. Are you spending it on Instagram looking at pictures? Or are you using a gig of data to consume information that is not going to help you? Mm-hmm. Or are you using it to advance yourself? Are you using it to connect with people? Are you using it to network? Are you using it to produce I think we need to get to a point where we, our mindset is to produce. We are going to be consumers, mm-hmm. but more and more of us need to be producers. producers. And I think that our education system, as flawed as it is, because of how much it touches everybody, mm-hmm. impacts everybody at the most formative years of your life, it can be used if we just inject some good into that mm-hmm. um, to get persons to recognize, hey, I can produce just as well as anybody else. True. This is part of what we're doing at the Innovation Hub, at the ICT Center, the mm-hmm. National ICT Center. One, one thing that I want to highlight is that over the summer, we had a, we offered 10 girls, 10 young ladies from high, a high school in Bastia mm-hmm. <clears throat> to come to the National ICT Center to learn. We're only girls, man. Come on. Because we're trying to emphasize, we're oh, trying to get more okay. and more women into the field Technology, of IT. Right? of course. Mm-hmm. So... We, want, we, we wanted to give them the opportunity to learn web development. Um, two of those girls showed up. One showed up with her younger sister. Mm-hmm. And the one who showed up with her younger sister, she now has a website up where she can showcase the projects that her 
or classmates are, are doing. Wow. She has, they have, they have a, a it's WAHS to A1.com. Okay. WAHS, that's, that's Washington Archibald. Yeah. WAHS to A1.com. And her idea, realize she had an idea. Mm-hmm. She just didn't have the skills to implement it. We oh. gave her the skills and now she went with that. Yeah. We didn't ask her what is your idea. We just gave her the skills. True. Mm-hmm. And she was able to solve a problem that she saw. True. And I think that the more we do this, giving persons the skills, Sky is the limit. they'll be able to see, hey, I can solve this problem. True. You give I them more tools. Right. Wow, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so where will we be, man? I mean, sorry to depress you. That's boneless. Okay. That is boneless. You ain't going to answer that. I can't uh, answer that. Okay, you can't answer that. You no. can't answer that. I always ask, I, I try to ask the guests now what are their projections because mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of the times we differ in what we feel is happening mm-hmm. and we differ in what we feel is going on. And I, find, I always mm-hmm. find it to be a, a perspective enhancer mm-hmm. um, coming at the end of the show mm-hmm. where um, like I would ask them that question or... I would ask them even in the next segment, like, mm-hmm. tell me three things that are incorrect because it processes a different part of your brain okay. when you have to state something that, because we are always trying to be correct. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always trying to be, okay, factual and, and so on. Okay. But to say something that's incorrect, this, 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 it boggles the mind. It, it okay. even boggles me to this point. But yeah, okay, so we've been talking about a lot of things, man. We touched, mm-hmm. I told you this would be tangent. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. But we're going to end the show. As usual, we're going to say three things that we are sure uh, incorrect. And I'm going to challenge you because mm-hmm. I know you've been listening to the show 150 times. I'm joking. <laughs> you haven't really. It would have been reflected in it. I was surprised you said you were spoken with 17 or 14 people. Yeah, but we have recordings of people. Uh-huh. So we pre-record this show. Guys, mm-hmm. that's the secret element. That's how we stand. <laughs> I, I, I'm a 100% businessman. Like, uh-huh. like I, I have like things to do every day. But... Mm-hmm. Um, what we try to do is we pre-record a lot of the episodes. Mm-hmm. So I think right now we have about about yeah, seventeen. We, yeah, we have. And you published five so far, five, six, seven. We've published seven this afternoon. Okay. Which now says everybody knows when we recorded this. Oh, man, drag. <laughs> I'm not gonna edit that. All right. Let you know the secret. Let you know the secret sauce. But, um, but what I'm gonna ask you, we're gonna go into the last section, and mm-hmm. we're gonna say three things that we are for sure incorrect. And what mm-hmm. I want to do is to try to focus them on technology. I don't usually do this because it's mm-hmm. difficult, but your brain. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I realize we didn't talk much about technology doing it. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's your job, and mm-hmm. not only is your job, but I think it's also your passion. Am I correct? One of yeah. One of okay. So you have many passions. I I as well. Okay, so we're gonna try to focus it on technology. Um, you wanna start or you want me to start? Most of the time, people ask me to start. Since seeing um, that you had your own fact or fiction section. Who, who, who am I to break the trend? You broke the trend already. Stop playing around. <laughs> he brought his own questions, man. All right, let's do this. Okay, so number one, let's see. Um, fact of, not fact fiction, let's see. Of incorrect about technology. Um, saying kids has already, on a broad scale, implemented the most advanced solar, solar panels that I've ever seen. And they already feed the, grill, the grid to when we have half over 50 percent of the island's power being supplied by <laughs> solar energy <laughs> man it's incorrect that is absolutely incorrect yeah totally all right your turn let's see what you come up with okay um the one-to-one laptop program was implemented Wonderfully, it was done in with amazing. I loved Telling it. The impact can be felt even now. It, it, even now, even now, yo, listen, right? That was incorrect. <laughs> Is there even one? 
Is um, there even one of those things alive? Yes, probably one of my coworkers has one somewhere. Okay. And I know, I know. Somewhere that means she doesn't use it anymore. Nah, man, there's them things, them things gone. Okay, so it's my turn now. It's my turn. It's my turn. Um, the 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 the, the second thing that I'm sure is incorrect. Um, I think that most guys in Saint Kitts have expressed to me that they really excited about electric vehicles and they think that the power ratio is going to be so much better than the, the gas-powered <laughs> instrument that, that they use now. They're really excited about it. Well, I think that's only incorrect based on the lack of excitement. The power ratio of, of electric power. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. They literally have to dampen it mm-hmm. with like tons of gears and stuff like just to dampen it because mm-hmm. it's just off the block. Before. Yeah, they, they, they don't. I don't think the guys I know are so familiar. All right, so that's two for me. What's up? Okay, so hmm. technology. We have a awesome data protection program <laughs> legislation. <laughs> yes, we do, man. Come on, no. Sinks is the best. Sinks is the best. All right. Hmm. No, that's incorrect. Um, okay, last one. I think that Sinkits is the leader mm-hmm. in, te- in technology for the entire Caribbean. The technologic giant, just technological giant. We're leading the way. Hmm? We're, we're leading, leading the way, way. With, with a candle. That's what mm. we're doing. Not with an LED, but with a candle. <coughs> <laughs> Yo, you take you together, <laughs> you take you together, metaphor. You know, like do, these jokes. Cute Elton John, candle in the wind. <laughs> oh man, okay, your turn, last one. <laughs> All right, let me see. Um, oh, a tablet is the perfect gift for your two-year-old. Oh man, I think I think that's incorrect. Pretty I much so. Incorrect. I think Pretty a cardboard so. box would be even more beneficial. It would. It would be more protective and healthier than a, a, a tablet. A tablet. Because children get addicted to these things. They do. They do. It. Mm-hmm. It is instant. It's instant gratification. It's mm-hmm. and it makes them so disassociated from the rest of the world. And yeah. this is something, yo, and yo, yo. Listen, right? We can have a conversation about this because the, there, there are some harmful effects to technology. I love technology. I think uh-huh. the technological boom is awesome. But there's we. I think. A lot of us are very irresponsible mm. with the technology. I just don't know any better. I'm, I just don't know any better, but mm. it does translate to being very irresponsible mm. with what we're doing the technology. Man, Fitzroy, thank you so much for being on this show, man. No Yo, I had a really good conversation with, with Fitzroy Edinburgh, who mm. is, you know, teacher. He's still a teacher. He's still teaching. Somewhat. Yeah, he's still teaching. He's, in, he's one of the pioneers in technology for our candlelight ceremony. He's, he's a... <laughs> He's the most amazing guy with the most amazing ideas. Man, thank you so much for being on the show. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me. Guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. Um, you can check us out at www.objectivelyincorrect.com and that's spelled incorrect, I-N-C-O-W-R-E-C-K-E-D. I don't care what Fitzroy said, he just laughed at my name. It's actually spelled incorrectly. It's spelled incorrect. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> guys, you can check us out on SoundCloud. You can search us on iTunes. We are there for you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. And, as usual, peace. No gang signs. Yes, you did do that. I don't think... Right, don't, don't tell the listeners what I did. Uh, my girlfriend don't realize what I did. I don't think she's going to kill me. She's going to be like, how dare you? I don't think so. 
I love you too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. See ya. <laughs>